0: Hey, welcome to another episode of Grace and Truth with Johnny Rowlett. Grace and Truth comes from John 1.14 where it says Jesus was full of grace and truth. Join us today on this podcast as we dive into deep revelation and find ways to make it understandable Cowboy style simple. That's the way I like it, and I hope you do too. I'm going back over a segment that I went over yesterday or day before yesterday about marriage and part of that is um, I, I want to intrigue you into something I I'm not saying anything. I said was incorrect. I it, it that was good for that, but As I chewed on this, kind of like a cow chews cud, I found that that there's so much more that I missed. And there was uh, a revelation here that may be one of the greatest revelations I've ever gotten in my entire life. I don't even know that I can do it justice. I am so overwhelmed and blown away by... It started with the question, and the, I'll just tell you what the question is. In my mind, the question is, "What is one flesh?" I've done so many marriages. I've I've been blessed to to be a part of marrying off a lot of people, and uh, and it's been a joy in my life. and And one of the things I talk about is is I use part of this scripture for when the two come become one. And I'm not doing any disjustice to that. There's there, that's the truth. In essence, that you know the two becoming one becomes a powerful unit. Um, and then if you tie into the father, that's three, and the uh, three chords are not easily broken. And, and in essence, it's kind of like you know if one can send a thousand flight, two can send ten thousand flight, one become one. But I've always <laughs> in the back of my mind, I've always struggled with the term one flesh. They will become one flesh. And I'm like, no they're not. I mean, I I get it that spiritually, spiritually they're becoming one. So I get the the idea of becoming one spiritually but the idea of being one flesh, I don't, I'm like, I. that's not true. It's not, okay, so let, let, let me just, let me just, let's just put some reality to to the one. So I'm just, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going somewhere. I, I, I'm i going to try to make this short and sweet and punch you right in the mouth in, in a very, very good way. So, we understand spiritually the two becoming one, but when we're talking about flesh, that's not spirit; that's flesh. And I, I promise you that the the in the in the physical world, you don't become. One flesh. So you don't, you know, as a matter of fact, the government still sees you as two entities and you, she pays taxes and you pay taxes and, and the together you pay more taxes. And, and if she's got cancer, you don't have cancer because you're not one flesh. And, 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 you know, it, it just goes on and on. You know, if, if, uh, if I stub my toe, my wife doesn't say, ow, we're not one flesh. You know, so it's like, it's all—it's always just kind of bugged me to hear this one flesh. Now I've got all the spiritual implications. I say yes, but there—it's a deeper meaning. It is a deeper meaning, and is deeper than maybe we ever thought. And maybe what Paul's talking about here is not actually marriage. Maybe. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the case. it includes marriage, but maybe it's so much bigger than marriage that <laughs> man let, okay so one flesh let me just read to you the actual scriptures. It's Ephesians chapter five We're just going to read the three scriptures verse 30 through 33 for we are members of his body. Come on, whose body? The fi- Jesus. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now watch. I'm going to keep reading first, and then we'll come back to this. This is actually four verses I'm going to do. This is a, Paul says then, this is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Watch this. First of all, I I want you to see something. Paul says, right here, this is your greatest flashing. We've used this scripture for about marriage. And it's... I, it can be used in marriage it's very helpful in marriage to understand the greater mystery and the greater implication of what Paul is actually saying he's maybe one of the greatest scholars of his time maybe of all time maybe one of the greatest probably the greatest theologian of all time and he writes for we are members of his body of his flesh and of his bones, and then he quotes, he's I'm gonna show you the quote here in a minute. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then he says that verse thirty two, This is a great mystery. In other words, this is and actually the, the Greek word when it says great is mega. This is a mega mystery. This is beyond my understanding. My complete and total understanding, Paul's saying. This is so big. This is a great mystery. Because the two becoming flesh doesn't make sense, even to Paul. So he quotes a scripture. And what I want you to see is where it says, look in your Bibles. If you've got your Bibles, look in verse 31. It's actually a quote mark from the beginning. It says, quote, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his, fa- his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. For this reason. It start. It, that's not Paul saying that. That's a quote. Where's the quote from? I'm glad you asked. Watch. It's from Genesis. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2, verse 23. Starting in verse 23. And Adam... Okay. Remember Adam, the first Adam, right? And Adam said, there is now bone of my bone. This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she has taken, was taken out of man. Therefore, man shall leave his father and mother. See, the therefore is for this reason. It's the same. It's the therefore and for this. uh, What what did I say the very first words are? Um, For this reason. For this reason and therefore are the same connotation. All right. So So it's a quote, a direct quote. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall be call, become one flesh. All right, watch. Let's let's get into context. What is happening? What has just happened to Adam? What has just happened is God has said to him, "He's you are to subdue." and have dominion over all the earth and you're to name you name all of these animals. And so that you just see the animals are kind of paraded in front of Adam and he begins to name the different animals. And God says, "In here, in I'm going to send you a helpmate." And God's like, "I, you know, I saw the giraffe, that's not a helpmate. I saw the rhinoceros, Definitely not a helpmate. You know, I saw a monkey. Uh, I don't want it. Not a good helpmate, right? And so God causes a deep sleep, pulls a rib from his flesh, from his side. Come on. Pulls a, a rib from his side. And from the flesh of one creation, man, creates a similar and same creation from that flesh, right? Right? So now the two are from the same flesh. The two are not giraffes and monkeys and rhinoceros. They're two from the same flesh and they became the same being. They they became one in the same. They're from the same flesh. Matt, you know, I was just, I, I learned this a little while ago. Did you know that, I don't, how many of y'all grew up with the idea that, that, that man, men have one less rib than women? Did you know that's not true? <laughs> that's fundamental, that's fundamentalism in Christianity that was, t- was teaching that and they were teaching is not, this, and it's not even true. That that's not, it, it, <laughs> It's, it's it's just the funny to me. there's a, a, so many things that we grew up with of believing things from funda, from a fundamental religious perspective that's just absolutely not true. And so what we've done here is we've taken these scriptures and we made it only about marriage. And the two shall become one and they'll become one flesh and they' we are on the same page and we're thinking the same thing and we're doing the same thing. let me just let me just help you. We not. all right More than likely, when you got married to the to the woman or to the man that you married, you found out real quick you a one right you want you don't like eggs he does you don't like biscuits she does you don't I mean you don't when you come I mean come on let's just be real and see back oh, oh there's so much more that I want to say, but the bottom line is this whole then what it does is then when you find out that you're not really all that. Matter of fact, the best marriages, more than more than not, seem to be totally different people that fit well together. That they they work well together because he's lazy and she's not, <laughs> or, or or he's driven and she's wanting to stay home, or she's driven and he want. You know, it's like more. What I've noticed in my life is that marriages that work best are people that are. Where he's weak, she's strong. Where she's strong, he's weak. <laughs> that that didn't come out right because I said the, the man's weak on both sides. Where he's strong, she's weak. Right? So the essence of being perfectly in tune and one flesh is is a religious standard. And it's not necessarily... In a physical realm, even all that possible. And so when you don't act as one, and when y'all are not on the same page, and when things seem to be coming undone, and when we're not just happy-go-lucky one flesh people, and when our spirits aren't in tune, and our lives are not in tune, we start going, we missing God. And and God must be mad, and 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 we got God over here that's just want you know, and we're, you know, things are going downhill quick, and we're bringing on self condemnation, we're bringing on condemnation to our spouse because we're supposed to be one. Why aren't you acting like one? Why are you acting like you're you're living your own life over there? And 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 we, we how come marriage? Has the, same, has the same percentage of divorce in the church as out. Because we bring some wrong ideas into the marriage of what even what marriage should be. And as soon as we realize, wow, we're not one flesh, then we're just like, check it out. <laughs> so what if that's not what Paul was getting anyhow? What if that's not what his whole point was in the first place? He does connect it at the end for sure, but what if there's something so much deeper of this one flesh? I want you to think about this. Let's go back. Let's go back here. And I want to show you something. I'm 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 really almost done. This I'm we're going to bring the hammer to this right here. And then, and then call it a day. This just excites me so much to share this with you. Watch this. Actually, let's go up to verse 28. It says, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, then he quotes it, he quotes Genesis, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh and then he says it's a great mystery this is a great mega mystery it says and then Paul says this come on I, need, I we, we read over this so much this is it this is it right here in essence what he's listen but I'm speaking concerning Christ and the church I'm not talking I'm using the example of your marriage I'm, I'm trying to it's the same thing as me using a horse story I'm talking about marriage so that you're getting it but I'm, we think he's talking about giving us he's talking about marriage it just got windy like crazy we think he's talking about marriage and using Christ as the example it's the opposite He's talking about Christ and us, the body. He's the head, we're the body, and he's using marriage as the example. He he literally says in his own words, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And here it is. Ready? Christ leaves his heavenly place Created out of Father God. Come on. Leaves his father. Comes to the earth. Is born of a virgin Mary. So his his bloodline only has Father God and Mother Mary. He left his father. He left Mary, He goes to the cross, and His side is pierced. He is named the second Adam. So in essence, it's not really in, in the story of Adam, we made it about this rib that's missing and you, know, that's why men have one less rib because we came out of the rib. No, it's the point is not the actual rib. It's the fact that we came, we were, Eve come from the side, from under the wing of protection, from the side of man, from that's, so it's, it's be, becoming one flesh. So flesh birth flesh and they became one. So when Jesus is on the cross and from the same position he's pierced and comes out flowing from him is blood and water and the body and Christ who left his father and his mother become one. That's why he says the flesh became one. We are the flesh, the body of Christ is one. Humanity and Christ are one. And that's. And, and then, then, what Paul does is then he, he then speaks. He then does talk to the married people. And he says this. So he's saying, hey, we're supposed to... He's giving all these examples of marriage. And he goes, hey, it's a great... That's all a great mystery. But I'm really speaking about Christ and the church. I'm not really talking about marriage. I'm talking about Christ and the church. And that we, as the body were made one by Christ because he's the last Adam and he left his father and his mother and his he put himself on a cross and he was side his same side was pierced and when he was pierced the body and Christ became one we are one in Christ that's incredibly powerful and then Paul kind of finishes and says nevertheless let each one of you in particular. So when he says the word in particular, what he's saying is, he, yeah, I, I'm over here using examples of, of, of marriage, but I'm really talking about Christ and the church, right? He says, but also in particular, let me talk to you married people. So what does that mean? That means he's not been talking in particular to you, As individuals, yet. He's been talking to the body. All of us are one in Christ. And he says, and now we understand that. And now let me talk to you in particular. Particularly, let me speak to you. So, it... He says nevertheless let each one of you now in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband See back in the Jewish in the in the time that Jesus writes this men didn't really it wasn't part of the Torah it wasn't part of the Uh, religion of Judaism didn't really include husbands loving their wives they didn't they never divorce wasn't really even a thing it was kind of like they didn't really by law they didn't really have to love their wives it was more of a form it was more of a formal contract I'm sure they did love their wives I'm saying by law they didn't have to and by law, women didn't really have to love or respect their husbands. But now, what Jesus and what Paul has connected the dots to is because we are now literally from the pierced side of Jesus have become one in Christ. He's saying, take that information and the understanding that we are Blood, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. We have left our fathers and our mothers. And our marriage is a good example or perfect representation of what Christ did for us by leaving his father and leaving his mother and having his side pierced just like the first Adam did. And he's a second Adam and made us one. And now if you understand that, let me talk to you now in particular Husbands, love your wives. Do what you didn't have to do before because Christ didn't have to go to the cross for you. Wives, respect your husbands. Do what you didn't have to do before because of what Christ did for you that he didn't have to do. I think the thing that's getting me the most today is so many times we turn this Bible into a self-help book. And it can be, and it should be sometimes, and it's so beautiful and helpful. But I think sometimes just the absolute reverence of God to understand that Paul, what Paul is really theologically trying to get to is so much deeper than a self-help book on how to how to love your wives and husbands. You are not one flesh with your wife. You are one flesh with Christ. And because you're one flesh with Christ, you can love her like you never were able to in your own self. And because you are one flesh with Christ, wives. You can respect your husbands now, because of what Christ did, not because you guys got the whole one flesh thing figured out and we we're all together. When I when I cut my finger, my wife bleeds, and when I stub my toe, my wife cusses. I don't know. That's all. <laughs> that's all ridiculous. It's re- that's ridiculous. And so that when you're not really walking in one flesh, when you're not really even talking together, <laughs> when one's at the one side of the house and the other's at the other house, and, and, and you're sitting there thinking, boy, we are not one flesh, so let's just wrap this thing up and go get a divorce. We say, wait a minute. Christ left his father and left his mother Put himself on a cross. His side was pierced. So that we could be one flesh. Bone of his bone. Flesh of his flesh. And if I walk in that. If I really understand what Jesus fully did for me. Maybe the differences in my my home and in my marriage. And if, if I fully understand that I die to myself, I, I render myself dead, and I'm alive in Christ because of what he did for me on the cross, then all of a sudden my little differences of opinions and thought processes in my marriage don't add up to a hill of beans compared to what Christ did for me on the cross. Just a thought. I love you guys. And I hope that you receive this in grace and truth. And I know there's a lot of people that have gone through divorces on here and I'm one of them. And I can tell you that part of the reason I went through the divorce is because I did not get this. And I'm so sorry that at 54 years old, it's just now getting to my heart It's so funny, in my 20s, I just knew everything. And now at 54, I'm just now getting it. I hope that you get it. That you get how much you're loved. That you get what great sacrifice was made for you. And that you get... It to such a degree that it helps your marriages and it helps your relationship with your spouse and helps your relationship with your kids and it helps your relationship with your boss and it helps you to wake up today and shine because Christ made us one flesh with Him. What could compare? to that.